pray to God as they lie there still. I'm the reason they cry out because I kill. Hello and welcome to You Are Not Alone. You Are Not Alone is a 1v1 horror actual play podcast. I'm Blaine, your host and RPG-loving friend. I hope you've been enjoying the game of Heart so far. Before we get back into it, just a reminder, if you want to ask a question, recommend a game, be a guest, or just say hi, you can reach me on Twitter at notalone underscore horror or via email at youarenotalonepod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Last episode, we were joined by Kendrick Smith, the GM of the podcast Tales Yet Told. Tales Yet Told is a really amazing actual play podcast that seeks to prey on our nostalgia, particularly from 80s horror and science fiction. Their first season, where the crew plays Babes in the Woods, is wrapping up now. You should definitely go check it out. We are playing the game Heart, the City Beneath, a horror game by Grant Howitt and Christopher Taylor. We met... Nash Dodd, a knoll junk mage who is on a quest to find the physical manifestation of the heart, a rift of pure chaos that makes this whole world weird. Nash visited a temple to Mayror, the god of snuffed candles, where it was rumored that he could find something that would help him on his quest. After evading a moving puddle of blood, Nash eventually found out that that puddle was actually one of the priests of Mayror, and they sat down to have a chat. This episode contains body horror and discussions of cannibalism. If either of those things bother you, please proceed with caution. Now, let's jump in. And it says, My name is Brother Odalon. Who are you? You can call me Nash. Nosh, welcome to the Temple of Mayror. We are the Brothers of Eternal Hunger. Mm. It, <laughs> Immediately, Nashdan was like kind of looking at it for a second and then heard that and then like turned even more away for a second as, <laughs> as he goes, hold on a second. That's not what I was told. <laughs> and we'll go, uh, the way I, please forgive me, uh, brother. I thought that this was the church of, um, you know, the god of, of snuffed candles. Am I wrong about that? Was I told wrongly? Oh, no, you are. This is a temple to Mayror, the god of snuffed candles. We, his followers, call ourselves the brothers of eternal hunger. For we hunger eternally to find our way closer to Mayror. All right. <laughs> Sure, I'll accept that as an answer, I guess. <laughs> Seems a little vague, but okay. 
Yeah, I'm not even going to make you roll. <laughs> you have uh, you have enough discern to know uh, that there is something a little fishy about the wording of that. <laughs> like, you don't think that he's lying to you about this being a church of Mayroar. Yeah. But you don't think that that is necessarily where the name Brothers of the Eternal Hunger comes from. Yeah, <laughs> it seems a little, just a little, you think you would keep within the candle theme, right? Uh, <laughs> the hunger thing makes it seem like you're a part of something else entirely. <laughs> I think Nashdod <laughs> looks at him with a very serious look. Hmm. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Other uh other brothers of this eternal hunger deal, or is it just you? Oh no, there are more of us. Uh they are they are resting. I am uh, it is my turn to take care of the candles. We uh we we light them and snuff them continuously. Of course. Of course in of course. honor of Mayroar. Brisby, uh, <laughs> I I don't want to be that guy, uh, but it would be. I feel maybe um, I just don't want to have this kind of tension over us this whole time, as because um, it's like obviously a thing you know about and not a thing that I know about. Um, and it's just, maybe you can understand, a little weird. Uh, and just, like, <laughs> motions towards the skin suits <laughs> over the windows. <laughs> is this a common thing? Is it, if I were to join the church, is that a thing I've got to do? If you, I understand it is strange. If you were to become a member of the clergy of Mayroar, you would be asked to shed your your mortal flesh, much like I have. But regular members don't have to do that, right? Like, base level... Entry-level position, I don't have to skin myself. I'm good with the flesh, right? If you just choose to come worship here, you do not have to shed your your earthly form. Okay. Okay. That's not too... Sorry, I just... It was really... As soon as I saw it, it was kind of... It was just... Uh, it felt like it had to be addressed. It is off-putting to some. I understand. Yeah. So what yeah. questions do you have? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I, uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a very religious man myself. Um, but I recently I've been having a lot of questions about, you know, my place in this world, 
and like when am I supposed to blow out candles? Uh, and I was and I was just wondering what kind of answers uh, your church may be able to enlighten enlighten me with uh, to maybe make existence here uh, in uh, m- maybe a little bit better. Well, I I do not think there is any right answer as to when a candle should be blown out. And he he stands up and he goes over and he picks up one of the candles on the altar and brings it back and he says each candle has its own time. It will if you listen close enough tell you when it is ready to be snuffed and he like puts his ear closer to the candle and waits a moment or two in silence and then like licks <laughs> I guess his fingers are water uh, or a or liquid blood. so he doesn't have yeah. to necessarily lick them uh, so he just like snuffs the flame with his blood fingers mm. that's the worst uh <laughs> I think I think Nashdad just kind of nods and goes, "Hmm, yeah, that makes sense." Uh interesting. So, uh, as far as the let's say candle uh, symbolism metaphor kind of goes, I imagine quite literally the church is not just about candles. Uh, so like, am I a candle or are people candles? What is the, what, what is, what is, how do you see your and my place in the grand, uh, cosmology of things as far as the candle <laughs> business goes? As far as the metaphor for Mayror and his followers, everything is a candle. And everything has an appropriate time to be snuffed. Uh And when it is time, it should happen readily. We should accept when it is time for something to be snuffed, whether that is a story or an era of your life or your life entirely. I can get down with that. I, I kind of, you know, I, I understand that. Uh, still speaking metaphorically, I have snuffed out many candles in my life, uh, both literally and metaphorically. So I, I, I can understand the 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 idea of sometimes things have to come to an end. I, I get that. I get that. You know, I think you've sold me. You've sold me. Um, I I am a bit interested if I were to come here what's the place what's the place like can I get a tour of some kind uh I mean I I don't think that it would be terribly interesting for you but I would certainly you've already seen the chapel and the sacristy the only other part of the building is is the cloister where we all live but you are welcome to come in and see if you would like. 
Of course, of course. Oh yeah, sorry about going in there. By the way, I say as I like look down and I'm wearing the choir robes. I was I was looking for someone, uh, and I I I I honestly did not know that you were the puddle. I I don't think that that's necessarily my fault. I think most people wouldn't recognize that you were the puddle. Uh, no shame, uh, no like shame to you on that. It was just I wasn't expecting it. And it was a little chilly, so I, I, I decided to put something on. I, I can take this off if you want me to. That is all right. You can consider it a gift. Okay, cool. Thank you. You aren't entirely sure if it's a gift freely given or maybe just the <laughs> yeah. fact that your your swamp knoll. Yeah. <laughs> form. Uh you have mentioned a few times that that Nashdot is maybe not terribly concerned with hygiene. Yeah, no, not at all. So he might just not not want that robe back. That's totally fair. But you know what? He's a guy made out of blood, so I don't think he can be too picky, personally. <laughs> you know, glass glass houses and throwing yeah. stones and such. Yeah. But yeah, so he stands up and starts moving towards uh, the door to the right of uh, of the pedestal. Okay, I as I'm walking, like to follow him. Can is there a way for me to like sneak a look underneath, like the altar? If I'm going like back behind it, like over towards the door, could I possibly get a look to see whatever the source of that smell was? Yeah. Um give me another discern roll. Okay. I think mastery would apply here. Okay. I think the domain for this one is pretty soundly rooted in religion. Fair. Okay, so three dice. Uh, oh, that's a ten, a nine, and a two. I assume it was standard. Nice. Uh, so that is uh, a critical success. You succeed dramatically. A- I don't. This is one of those scenarios where I don't know what what a dramatic success looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I will start by describing. So you you kind of go up. And uh, as you're walking by, you kind of take this peek. And now that there's some light in the room, you see below this table is a large pit. Or not pit necessarily, but like a pool. Oh, no. That is filled with blood. Oh, great. And in it, you can see kind of like this is what I'll give you as the dramatic success is like somehow you like, you can still make out things inside of this, even though it's a pool of blood. So like you can somehow like with your senses tell that like at the bottom of this pool, there is a book chained to the stone floor of the pool. And that is what the smell is coming from. Okay. Cool. So that's, I'm going to need to find a way to get back here and get that. Okay, cool. Um, I'll keep following him for right now. Though. Okay. So he leads you through that door and he kind of, it's not super impressive. It's kind of basically just 
uh, a large room with a bunch of bunk beds. Mm-hmm. And, like, a little, like, fireplace in the corner with a, like, like cauldron for cooking and, like, a kettle for making tea. And there's, like, a table. And I think you see a couple more of these bloody human figures sitting around a table just kind of, like, chatting and you see a couple more, like, in the beds, sleeping. Okay, so they do need to sleep. I was interested about that. Okay. Cool. Do they... Do, like, the ones that are, are like, awake and, like, looking and, like, talking, are they... Do they just, like, ignore us? Or do they see me? And they're, like... What's their reaction to me being given to her? Um, I think like they look up and like they look in your direction, and I don't like. I think they they kind of just go back to talking until Brother Odalon kind of brings you over to them, and he introduces you to the group. He says, uh, "My brothers, this is Nash. He has come to learn about Mayroar." Howdy, fellas. And you see as you're as you're kind of introducing yourself, they all have like cups of what look like tea uh, that they're drinking. But the the food on their plate definitely looks like raw meat of some sort. Okay, you you can't. You can't tell what kind of meat it is. Okay. But it is definitely meat, and it's definitely raw. Right. Okay. I I am actually learning information that I'm looking for. These people do sleep, they do eat, and they do drink. So they're still kind of alive-ish. They seem very... Very human? Yeah. For... Things that are essentially just like pools of blood, human-shaped bubbles of blood. I, I like. I want to ask about it because I'm very interested in the physics of in the biology of this. Like, do they breathe? Do they digest? But I'm not going to because I feel like that would be rude. <laughs> But yeah, they seem they all seem very friendly. Okay. Not quite like cult level, like over the top friendly. Yeah. Okay, good. But like friendly in a very normal way. Genuine way. Um cool. This is great. Nash Dad does like the awkward like if anyone like comes up to shake his hand will like <laughs> shake hands and be like oh gr- great actually I don't I don't know if he nah he'll shake a hand sure he doesn't care that much about the blood it's just a little weird yeah and uh, I'll say like one like they they definitely will shake hands and like it's w- weird because it like it's definitely wet yeah um. But, like, it has 
maybe slightly less give than like a normal hand mm-hmm. would, but it is like shockingly close to a hand from like a like kind of physical space point of view. Um, like it's not like grabbing a balloon or yeah, something. It feels it feels like I'm holding someone's hand. Okay, I'm learning a lot right now, which is Neshdad's goal at this point is this thing is weird, and he wants to know more about it because <laughs> this just is like a thing he's never seen before, and is also like this is so strange. He wants to know more about these people. Yeah, it is definitely it's a natural reaction to the thing like to the things that Nashdad has encountered in the last uh hour or so. Yeah, like Nashdad is the guy who goes to bed staring at an eye in a jar that looks back at him. And now he's been given this very weird opportunity to interact with these blood people. <laughs> and now it's just like, what is this? How does this work? I honestly he may just ask, so uh I hope this doesn't come off as rude. Uh, but I'm very interested in how this whole ritual that you've done to, you know, uh, in in the name of your faith, how all of that works. Uh, because, um, well, I know you can turn into a puddle, but you're also very, very much like a physical person. And you all eat and drink and sleep. Like, what is the... Is there a difference? Other than the blood thing? Uh, and one of the... It's one of the other... One of the other... Forms. Someone... That... That Brother Odalon introduced as Brother Madan is and you can tell kind of from the interactions that it seems like he is older uh than the rest of them okay like you can't obviously from physical appearance you can't really tell but from like the deference that's given to him by the others mm-hmm. you get an impression of kind of both age and seniority gotcha. probably and he says This ritual was handed down thousands of years ago by Mayror when he came to our people. And he looks for a moment like he's concerned about telling you this next bit. Don't. But he says... When Mayror first came to our people, we were, and we are, but we were at the time, cannibals. Took our food by violence. And when Mayror came to us, he taught us the peace of knowing when a candle's time to go out was. And since then, we have not ever used violence against another. Oh, 
Oh, I get it now. It's all coming together. Okay. So for a bit, I was wondering about the, you know, the whole Brotherhood of the Hunger thing. I was trying to figure out why you guys got, I get it now. Okay. So the church thing is just a way to convince people to kill themselves so you can eat them. Oh, we do not convince anyone to kill themselves, but when they die. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it now. It makes sense. And when we become members of the clergy, we cast off our meat for our brothers to consume. Okay, so there's a bit of a give and take here. All right. That's neat. Ah. So if I were to join the church, I guess the eventual thing that you all would kind of expect was that when I die you uh, I'd give up uh, rights so you could eat me that is what we ask of the people who become permanent members yes well this has given me a lot to think about (laughs) that's for sure that is for sure Uh, when do you all hold service we have a service every morning as the sun oh, rises. Oh, oh, I get it. So you can blow out the candles. And every evening as the sun sets. You guys are good with theming. I like it. I like it. Uh, it is. Uh, snuffing the candles is part of the ritual at the beginning of the day. And then again in the evening when you lay down to bed. That's cool. Um, all right. Uh, well, this has been great. <laughs> I've uh, I've got, I have so much of so much to think about. Uh, I'm gonna um, I might see you all in the morning, maybe in the evening. Who knows? Uh, you know, I really think about it. I really I really like uh, everything. And as I'm talking, I'm slowly just like backing away towards the door. This is giving me. Thank you all so much uh, for everything. I'll um I remember where the door is. You don't have to worry. I can I can see myself out. Thank you so much, brother Odalon. Um, brother, I um, started with an M. Uh, sorry, bad with names. So much to think of. Uh, Madon. Thank you, Brother Madon, Brother Olan. This has been great. And like, I'm opening the door and slowly just backing out. I, none of them seem offended. Great. Like, maybe they have seen, seen reactions like this before. <laughs> I imagine. Maybe one or two. But yeah, and I think uh, I think it might be a role to try and get get Odalon to stay in this room as you're backing out. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what role? Uh, so that would normally be a compel. Okay. I do not have compel. Which I don't <laughs> I think do you not. have. Uh, you know, I will. I will also say, uh, I would allow sneak in this scenario since you're trying to kind of. If you, if you'll allow it, I'm okay. You don't have to go easy on me. You don't have to go easy on me at all. Uh, but if you, I mean, I'm because there isn't really a domain here that uh, that you have that works. Yeah, so I'm trying to give you trying to give you. You know what? Things. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, okay. 
uh, is this standard or like risky or oh no it's sneaking so it's always standard I guess well yeah yeah it is standard well, actually for you. that's mm, it's I think it's specifically if I'm trying to evade action which is not what the sneak is um, okay hiding from someone or something yeah uh, I don't so I don't think I still don't think I would call this risky or dangerous in that like if you fail he's probably going to come out with you but like yeah he's not going to be like been ah. friendly to him so like okay and he's also a pacifist so like he's not gonna like attack oh, you glad to know these blood people oh yeah because they just told me they don't do violence anymore this is going to make getting out of here so much better i really hope they breathe or have lungs of some kind just in case Oh, that was so bad. I rolled a one and a three. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not... That's not great. Not great at all. So, I think... You know what? I think this is going to be Echo. Echo? Okay. Um... So you're going to take four points of echo stress because as, as Nashdad tries to like just back out and convince them to kind of just let him leave brother Odalon comes over to you and in a very kind way says like, Oh, no, I insist that I show you out. And he reaches out and, like, puts an arm around your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And as his hand touches your shoulder, you, for the briefest of moments, are present during the ritual oh. in which Odalon's body was removed and you just feel this searing pain over your entire body as it feels like your flesh is being ripped away and your muscles are being removed until all that is left is your blood. <laughs> then you're back in the present moment. <sighs> so that was five total between the stress you took earlier and the blood or the echo stress. Yeah. And I rolled a nine for fallout. So there's no fallout yet. Let's just keep getting more of this, more of this stress. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you. Uh, how does Nashdad react to this? Uh, like you keep, you're able to keep your shit together, but like, um, still unsettling. God, uh, I think Nashdad like looks at the like, <laughs> like the hand uh, uh, on his shoulder and uh, just kind of nods and go, "Yep, cool." Great. Yeah, no, please uh, show me 
the way and like is like gritting uh gritting his teeth um and like probably like like clenching a fist uh like slightly like out of sight of them like just trying to keep keep it all in understandable so yeah he he opens the door and kind of leads you out into into the chapel and uh is there anything that Nashdad wants to do as he's being led by the altar and that pool of blood yeah uh, part of me is really like trying to be like should i try to drown this guy i mean these people are all pacifists so they probably wouldn't fight back and it might be kind of silent assuming it works i don't know if they have lungs i don't know if it works like that i don't know if he can drown he's made of blood um but also, I don't want to, like, shoot a gun. <laughs> that seems like the worst option here. Yeah, that seems like a good way to to alert people that are maybe not the pacifists. Yeah, exactly. They do everything else. I just have to imagine they also have... Because the only thing on those racks are their skin, but they ate the meat, right? So that, I, some muscle... But why do they eat and drink then? They have to have some kind of bodily function. They sleep. Um, this is like not, what Nashdad is like doing all of the calculations in his head right now. Being like, is this a thing that could work? Can I do this and get away with it? I mean, you you can make a pretty good guess that if they, like you said, if they eat and drink sleep, they probably have something that is at least a facsimile of lungs that could fill with water and drown. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause I don't think I'll be able to, well, I can convince them to let me, there are windows in the sacristy, right? I wonder. Yeah. There were like two big stained glass windows and they did not have flesh suits over them. Okay. Maybe I can just break back in. Okay, that might be my move. I'll let him I'll let him take me outside and then I'm going to see if I can try to find a way to break in through the sacristy. Okay. Uh so let's see. Usually I would just kill these guys, but they're all weird blood people and I don't know if I can get a I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if my magic will work against their weird magic. So yeah, you can go and like you scout around and you like you find the windows. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty easy to tell which two windows lead into the sacristy because they're the two that don't have yeah, skin suits so like you can see kind of through them relatively like as clearly as you can see through stained yeah. glass. So this would be a delve check. Cool. Can I hmm to see Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's anything in my resources that could maybe help, but I don't think so. I guess, am I overstuffed <laughs> coat? I guess, yeah, I guess, because assuming that, like, I'm imagining, I have just I just have a bunch of stuff on me, right? Like, I have a bunch of stuff that I use for all of my different spells, and I got all my stuff that I use for breaking and entering. Is it reasonable to say that I would have, like, a kind of, like, maybe not, like, a good one, but, like, a kind of, like, 
like kind of like a really crappy like glass cutter that I can try to use to to cut into these windows. I will say, uh, if you are willing to take one point of supply stress, I'm cool with that. You can have, and still no Ooh, fallout. Right. Perfect. So yeah, you have a set of like, like glass cutting tools and and the various bric-a-brac that would be necessary to break into a place like this, uh, which will give you an extra die. Yeah. Uh, Sneak to using this stuff gives me three. um, Just the three. And I still don't think this is risky or dangerous. Okay, cool. So that is a four, a six, and an eight. So you got an eight is your highest? That is all right. So that is a success and no stress. So yeah, you are able to kind of cut like one small pane of glass out big enough to sneak in. And uh, you are able to get back into the chapel while no one is there. Like Odalon has gone back into the cloister. Uh, then yeah, I, uh, I sneak back into like the main room of the chapel. Um, I'm going to like silently like light a match so I can like kind of see into the blood pool and then just kind (laughs) of like shiver to myself as I like put my hands into it and, uh, try to get this book. All right, I will. So let's see, what kind of role is this? I'll definitely give you arc uh, occult because there's definitely like magic involved mm-hmm. in this book uh, and its uh, confines. Okay. Yeah, we'll call it. Give me a, a sneak plus occult. Okay. So that is uh, three dice. Ooh, two eights and a four. These guys are great. Uh, See, so yeah, you're able to, and I, yeah, you're doing, you're rolling, rolling pretty well. Other than that one, <laughs> yeah. like early yeah. botch. But this is uh, done all right. See, so yeah, you're able to like reach down there and like, I, I'm kind of imagining you use maybe like some kind of like little hedge magic trick that you learned to help snap the chains these magical chains that are holding mm-hmm. the book in place and you pull it up. And I mean, 100% this book is bound in human skin. I don't like, I don't think I could yeah. have it be anything else than that. Yeah. Uh, it's this like big leather book with just like picture of a candle, like carved into the skin on the cover of the book and like a wisp of smoke showing that it is a snuffed candle and not a lit candle. Perfect. I'm taking this book and going out the way I can. All right. Give me one more sneak roll now that you have the book to try and get out. Gotcha. Unnoticed. So just two die. Yeah, I think because, again, this would be religion. Oops. Oh, there it is. Okay. 
Uh, well, okay. First die is a three, and I'm rerolling this other one. Hey, that's Jesus. That's a nine. How do I... All right, you get you get right back out. Oh, thank God. I was hoping I would fail personally, but Nash Dodd's one one sneaky roll or uh, one sneaky no. Nash Dodd's good at what he does. <laughs> He's very good at what he does. So you get where where do you go to kind of start diving into this book? Like, do you just go right outside of the church, or do you like? I think I have like a little. I, I've been imagining that I have like a little tent in like an alley somewhere. Uh, where like I've kind of built out like my own little kind of hideaway, and so I'm like I like go there. I've got like a sleeping bag. I <laughs> I take all of the stuff that I've taken. So I take out all these candles and like the robes, and I have like little places where I organize things by like what kind of thing they are uh, amongst all of my stolen stuff. Um, and I, 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 I sit down and I try to crack open this book. Excellent. So there you open the book and very quickly realize that this is a collection of rituals, Oh. um, handed down by, uh, May Roar to, uh, the followers of May Roar. And I think the first ritual like when you crack the book open is the ritual to remove flesh from body and so there are all of these like kind of like da vinci-esque anatomical drawings of like the proper way to remove the skin and the proper way to remove the muscles and the incantations that you have to say to ensure that like the life essence is transferred fully to the blood, uh, which is probably not a ritual that Nashdad is terribly interested yeah, in performing. No, he reads every single bit of it and cringes the entire time. Be like, Hmm, this is the worst, but he's really interested in trying to understand what is happening here. I think it also probably like, Sees if there's like an index of like things like what the aftermath is and like whatever kind of aftercare needs to happen about like, okay, the rituals happened. You still have to do this, this, that like you still got to eat, you still got to sleep and see if there's anything about like breathing in there just to confirm whether or not he could have done the thing that he wanted to do. Yeah, I think uh, since I went as far as to say that there are like anatomical illustrations. I feel like it probably does give a breakdown of like they do still breathe mm-hmm. like whatever whatever this ritual does it transforms basically all standard functions of the body it transfers them to just the blood gotcha and you get the impression as you're reading through it that like that ability to like turn into a puddle is like a learned ability from someone for like members of the church who have been in that form for particularly long. Oh, okay. It's kind of one of the special things they can learn. Um, it may be even entirely an entirely separate ritual in the book is like, you know, tra- trans tra- transmutation of form mm-hmm. between like water and physical form. That's 
or liquid and physical form. Okay, interesting. But more useful to to Nashdad in this moment is a ritual. I think it's it feels almost too on the nose, but I think the ritual is called Heart's Desire. Oh. And it is a ritual crafted by May Roar that if you perform the ritual, and this won't be probably terribly surprising to Nashdad, it does definitely involve like spilling your own blood mm-hmm. and like doing some physical damage to yourself. But if you perform the ritual while focusing on the thing or the place you want to go the most, or potentially the thing you want mm-hmm. the most, a trail of candle smoke will lead you to either where you want to go or like the location of what your heart's desire is. Okay. I think upon like reading it and like going over the details, I think almost immediately Nashdad is like, well, time to try it. And uh, immediately starts prepping to try this ritual out. All right. I mean, it's in his grasp now. Like, it's if it's that, I mean, he's got to, you know, bleed a little bit. I, you know, that's, I mean, you got to. <laughs> yeah, let's say this is going to be a, a kill plus a cold. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Whoa. All right. Um, okay. Kill. I have kill. I have a cult. Kill mostly just not that not that you, I mean I guess theoretically you could die yeah. if you botch it. No, yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, but mostly just in that that like you have to like you have to draw a pretty sizable amount of blood. Yeah, that tracks. All right, here we go. Oof. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I got a one, a seven, and a nine. Okay. I'm going to stop using this dice. This dice is rolling too high. (laughs) Keep going. I want a little bit of struggle here. Yeah, this has been too easy. I'm going to switch out these dice. But please continue. I mean, now at this point, you're going to the heart. Yeah, things are going to get worse. Things will get a little more. Once things start getting risky. At least I imagine I don't necessarily want to speak for uh, Nashdot. (laughs) But so, so yeah, you hold, hold your hand out and like you, it requires the lighting of multiple candles and then you have to like cut into your palm and let your blood snuff out the various candles as you're saying these incantations. Sorry to interrupt. Was this, was this risky or dangerous at all rather than standard? Oh yeah, I guess it would be risky. Okay. Then the. I don't think dangerous because you're pretty skilled. Okay. Then so seven. So I would still take stress. There we go. Okay. I wanted a little bit. I wanted a little bit of something. I don't want this right. guy to get to, 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 to just be getting away scot free with all this. So yeah, you're gonna take three uh, blood stress. Oh geez, I'm, <laughs> the chances of me getting major fallout has now happened. Uh, so what is your total stress now? I'm at uh, seven, eight. I'm at nine stress. All right, I'm gonna roll myself a d12. 
And that is a six. Oof. That is, oh, wait, is that major fallout? All right, so let's deal with that. Uh, so let me double check. I think it's the amount, I think it's my roll, not the total amount of stress, and I don't think six is major. Yeah, it's, I think it's, I think if it's seven or more, it might be major. Okay. So, yeah, you will receive minor blood fallout then. Uh, but I clear all that blood fallout, so that's good. You do. All right, let's do this. You are... I feel like this just makes too much sense. You are battered. Uh, your dominant hand is injured. Uh, you can bandage it up and stop the bleeding, but it's of limited use for the time being. Any offensive action you take in combat becomes risky. Okay. Um, any tasks that are going to require fine dexterity, at least involving that hand, are out of the question. That makes sense. So yeah, you have to cut pretty deep into your hand during this ritual, and it is uh, not in the best of shape right now. But as these candles go out, as your blood drips on them, the the kind of smoke that rises up from each wick joins together into this kind of silverish braid that begins to move in a direction. So what was what was Nashdad focusing on when he cast this? I think I think I'm just focused on like I if I'm focusing on like my heart's fire, I think Right now, Nashda desires, I mean, yeah, like his impossible goal, right? He wants to find the hearts manifested in like a physical, I guess he's, he, he is focused on the heart um, and wherever that is, is where. Perfect. And so this curl of smoke kind of wafts up and starts to move in the direction that you know is kind of like outside of this little town that you're in uh, into the wilderness. Okay. I I follow it. Yeah, no, I immediately, like, I pack up all of, like, I'm like, okay, I can use this, I can use this. I look at the candles I just took out. I, like, split them in half. I leave some candles here. I take the other candles. I, I pack up all of the stuff. And I'm like, all right, it's time. Do I pack up everything and the tent? Because I'm like, I might be gone for, nah, nah, I don't need the tent. Maybe I don't need the tent. Do I just pack up everything? <laughs> I think I might. I think, I think he like, I think he packs everything, and like, he has it in such a way where like, like he can put stuff in like a big. Like, maybe he puts, like, all of the excess stuff in the middle of the tent and then, like, folds it in on itself to make it, like, a big, like, knapsack of sorts. Like, throws it over his shoulder and, like, uh, starts starts heading in the direction of the smell. Perfect. I love it. So what does the path to the heart look like? That's a good question. Um, 
Is this a question you you were asking me? More <laughs> yeah, just like outside. Just okay, saying it out cool. loud. <laughs> I I wanted to make sure. If you have any suggestions, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, I imagine it's long, right? It's not like this isn't like oh oh look, it was right over here this whole time. I imagine it's long. It probably goes through like quite a few different like quote unquote biomes, right? I think outside I think outside of like the the main city part of like the the city beneath I don't know why I was imagining it kind of like rocky maybe like mountainous uh in a way where it's like got like a lot of crags and like just like kind of like rocky mountainous rain and then beyond that I don't know. I think it gets weird, right? There's like, because everything is underground, but I'm imagining like weird underground, like forests. Yeah. And it is very specific to say like certain areas have like a sun and moon that rises, even though that should be impossible. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the idea of like rocky terrain and then this like forest. And I'm kind of imagining maybe like at some point, like the, the forest starts as kind of like almost a normal forest, mm-hmm. but then eventually like the trees look almost like, like nerve clusters. Ooh, I like that growing up out of the, out of the ground. So they're like almost bioluminescent and they don't have like, it looks like a tree in fall but it's like these like thin nerve clusters that kind of like reach up and sway. It's the worst, but I love it. Um, that's really good. Are they like? It is. We are fully in, fully in body horror territory fully. here, which always makes me squeamish in like a yeah, good way. Exactly. If they're like nerve clusters and like bioluminescent, or is it like is it like kind of like a pulsing bioluminescent? Where it's like not like constant, but like there'll be like flashes that like will flow from like one end up through like the root, the the nerve root, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Like, yeah, you know, like flashes of of electricity, like it would actually exist in the body, mm-hmm. kind of pulsing up. That's ugh. <laughs> And so, it is not great. It's not great. But it also is the place where we have to we have to at least stop for a mm-hmm. moment. Uh, so we've watched Nashdad travel through these craggy mountains into what is actually kind of like a shockingly beautiful forest, and then beyond that, this kind of like barren forest with these nerve trees. And I think. It's in one of these nerve trees that there is a flock of birds isn't quite the right word. It's the closest word. And I think that they maybe have like regular kind of bird-like bodies uh, with wings and feathers but at the top of the neck, where there would normally be a head, there's just one giant eyeball. Mm. 
and they're pretty big birds, like like eagle-sized birds. Uh, and there's a flock of them, and they are all watching Nashdad as he travels through this area. Um, I want to. Uh, I don't like these birds. I'm gonna try to scare them off. Okay. I want to take my. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, take my blunderbuss and like fire off in their direction. Not necessarily like. I mean, like, kind of trying to hit them, but more, like, trying to scare them off. Okay. Uh, I mean, I would give you kill for this, since, like, you're not necessarily trying to kill them, but you're also not going to be upset. Yeah, if I hit them, so be it, you know? And then this would... And standard would be wild. Uh, because they are animals. Cool. I don't think, as weird as they are, I don't think they're magical. Okay. So I don't think a cult would work here. Uh, so kill. And is this standard or risky? Uh, I'm going to call this risky because there are a lot of them and they are pretty big. Okay. Oops, Phil, but this first. Ooh, that first one was a 10, but that's going to leave. So that's fine. Uh, the second one is a six. Okay. So yeah, I think... Uh, so you fire off your blunderbuss, and it does, like... I think maybe even it like it wings one of them, but doesn't, doesn't kill it. But it does, they all kind of fly up in a loud, like, torrent of bird sound. Mm-hmm. And begin to fly off. I think... What what is more interesting to you? Uh, either like maybe they attack you on their way out, or maybe the other thing I'm thinking is maybe uh, to do supplies damage. Like maybe they in the gust by you, like take something from you. I could see that. I I I could see that. Like if they're like trying to claw at me, but like I've got like all of this stuff on me, right? I've got this huge coat. I've got this huge thing. Like if they're clawing at me, and I I move to defend myself, that they like claw through the bag. I can see supplies here. Yeah, I like that. See, you're gonna take two points of supply stress. Okay. Uh, as this like cacophony of eyeball birds flies by you and kind of claws at your overstuffed robe and your bag. And I don't think any of your like specifically named equipment is lost, uh, but you just take the general yeah. supply stress of losing some stuff. Gotcha. Seven, eight overall stress. All right. And I rolled a three. So you're going to take some minor. Oh, I also, uh, I hit my uh, minor beat. I got that next. Oh, yes, I meant to bring that up when uh, when I introduced it. That's what I was going for. <laughs> so yeah, you can, you can figure that out while I figure out what your, uh, what your fallout is. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Uh, which will give me the religion domain and also allow me to sacrifice religious stuff for... Yeah, that, that seems... Also, in that case, this is probably worth thinking about. Let's say that the book you got is, I think it's probably a D10 religious item. Dope. 
because it is it is a pretty powerful religious artifact. Gotcha. Put um, Tome of Mayor. So I am going to say that they're able to, like, with your overstuffed coat, the birds are able to kind of, like, rip through some parts of it. Uh, and it's going to drop that men's supplies down to a D4. Okay. Uh, as it is damaged in some of the some of the various goodies that that Nashdad has accumulated have uh, fallen out and been carried off by these birds. Dang. Okay. So overstuffed coat is now men's supply. Got it. And you clear uh, your supply stress. So yeah, I think Nashdad continues through this forest of weird nerve trees and eventually comes to what looks maybe like a mountain range, but it's tough to say because it's kind of, it might just be a wall, but whatever it is goes up so high that you can't see the top of it. It is just this like giant stone fixture. And the place that this wisp of smoke has brought you to, there is, looks almost like a cave entrance, but you can see that the walls of the cave beyond the entrance look like they're made out of like skin and they're this kind of like soft pulsating material. Mm. Thank you to Kendrick for joining me to play Heart. Go check out Tales Yet Told. It is very good. Thank you to Grant Howitt and Christopher Taylor for designing such a cool game. And thank you to you for listening. Our theme song is Everybody Knows My Name by Hartley Poe. Thank you to Joe Whiteford for letting us use it. We'll be back on July 1st with the final episode of Heart with Kendrick Smith. Until then, remember that you are strong. You are beautiful, and you are not alone. Fight and face defeat